Hello, and welcome to Business Talk, brought to you by Business West and sponsored by People's Bank. Hi, I'm Chris Kellogg from the Kellogg Crew Morning Show on 94.7 WMAS. And I'd like to introduce the host of this week's episode. He's the editor of Business West. Here's Joe Bednar. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of Business Talk. We have a great show for you today. But first, we have this important message from our sponsor, People's Bank. Thank you for listening to the Business Talk podcast, sponsored by People's Bank, bringing you the best in business experts, entrepreneurs, and evangelists. Make Business Talk your innovation break for ideas and inspiration. People's Bank, where commercial banking can fuel your growth and make work life easier. Member FDIC, DIF equal housing lender. Bank at peoples.com slash business. Okay, we're back. And as promised, we have a great show for you today. Our guest is Carl Mercieri, Vice President of Maroy Construction in South Hadley. Happy to have you here on Business Talk, Carl. Hey, good morning, and thank you for the invite. We have a, a construction section in our upcoming issue of Business West. We've been writing about some construction um, topics lately. Um, tell me a little bit about um, Maroy, which we've written about plenty in the last uh, in, in the last how many years. Uh, what kinds of jobs do you guys specialize in these days? Um, so we do both uh, public and private work, um, new construction, renovations. Uh, the list goes on and on. I mean, we we don't really specialize in one. I mean, we kind of do it all. Um, if that kind of gives you a sense, anything from education to uh, industrial, commercial work. How's business been this past year? So, you know, if you can back up a year, 2022 was a stellar year. Uh, 2023, you know, Q1, we got off to the same start. Every year is a little bit different. This year, believe it or not, we've had, uh, it's a bit quirky, we've had uh, a lot on our books, but for one reason or another, we've had some projects that um, got delayed. Um, and then, of course, you know, our summer is when our, really our busy season with all the college and school work. So we were, um, you know, really, you know, working six days a week. Um, and then typically, you know, when September rolls around, we start to slow down and things get back to normal. But with those projects that actually got the starts got delayed, now they all came to light, you know, in September. So we're not seeing the slowdown here, you know, looking at the third quarter um, and, and the end of the year. So uh, it looks like it's going to be another really good year for us. What are some of the the current jobs you're working on these days? Um, so right now we've got we're doing a branch bank, some repair work. Um We've got a couple of schools that we're doing, uh, kitchen renovations in schools. We, um, we're also building a, a police department for one of the local municipalities. Yeah, you'd mentioned the, um, the, the education work up, up, up top, too. Is, it, is that a pretty uh, consistent stream of, um, of projects for you guys in that sector? Yeah, it is. Um, you know, with all the ARPA money that's out there and, you know, as a result of COVID, there's a lot of uh, schoolwork going in the uh, in the public sectors. Um, and we're seeing a trend with the um, private schools, the charter schools. We've got one that we're working on right now um, out in Stockbridge. I know from, from uh, talking to other um, contractors uh, this past year, it's just been kind of a crazy year weather-wise, uh, really wet, um, some kind of periods of just unusual um, rain. Does does weather uh, affect the project flow of, of a construction company during the year? You know, it does. Uh, you know, rain and the weather is a common occurrence in our construction industry. Uh, and so depending on what we have going on at any particular time, we typically, you know, unfortunately have to continue operations, um, you know, as long as it's not a, a recent washout. Um, so, you know, recently, I think it was what, on September 11th, where we got the heavy downpours. 
Um, believe it or not, our crews were in the field. They were tying rebar for footings for a project that we were doing for the Chickabee Water Department. Um, and, you know, they braved the weather. They set up some collapsible canopies, um, you know, to continue on. The driving force behind that is, you know, to work through the weather is that, you know, our project schedules, they don't take into consideration, you know, weather. So we've got to complete them. And uh, not only that, but the crews doing that job need to move on to another job. So we're kind of forced into doing the best we can with what we got to deal with. And it is what it is. It's, you know, we've been, I've been doing this for over 40 years and the weather's not changing here in New England. So you mentioned 40 years. Uh, how much of that has been with Maroy? Oh, geez. I've been here for a long time. Uh, let's see. Since, uh, since the eighties. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, what interested you about the construction field when you got into it? Because um, I'm going to talk to you later about the, you know, workforce and attracting young talent into this field. But but what was what was your story? How you, how you got into construction? Uh, you know, honestly, I kind of fell into it. You know, I came from a family that didn't have a lot of money, so college wasn't an option for me. Um, I thought about military. I ended up. I had a friend that had a father that owned a business and gave me kind of a job. And basically I was the young kid and I got to carry all the tools for the tradespeople. And, you know, I learned electrical trade, plumbing, uh, carpentry. So I, I got my hands and feet wet just being a helper. And then over the years, you know, I mean, it just, it kind of grew on me and the rest is history. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, that's the, you know, my son's involved, but I got one son that doesn't want anything to do with it. Another son, same thing, you know, he's just good with his hands. So I think people are different, you know. Um, some people don't like to get dirty. Other people, they work good with their hands. And they're very talented and bright people, you know. Um, Excluding so myself, of course. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I feel I feel that way a lot, too. <laughs> um Namoroi Construction just celebrated 50 years last year. That's that's a, a pretty impressive milestone. Um, you've been in the field for a while, as you said. So what are some ways the construction industry has changed over that time? Oh, geez. So, you know, if I go, I started in the 70s. So, you know, if you go back to the 70s, I mean, think about it. And you're, I'm, you know, I, I don't know how old you are, but I'm sure you've been around for a while. You know, we were dealing with, like, if, if we were to get a, a bid request, it would be a phone call and they would mail something to us. And of course, over the years, you know, we've seen faxes come and go. And now, you know, the technology is just at the forefront. Most of our um, communications now are digital. You know, we, there's, so there's websites out there now that advertise um, the jobs. We also send our proposals, you know, directly to these sites. And so, you know, when the when the bid is due, I think within minutes after we see the bid results and we know whether or not we have a job. The other thing on the other front is, you know, the field. You think about the field now. You know, back then, you know, there were no cell phones. There were no iPads. Um, if something came up, you know, a guy would run to a phone booth or we'd set up landlines with a trailer and they'd be calling the office. You know, now our guys in the field, they have iPads or they're getting updated, you know, as soon as we receive something here in the home office, it goes right upstream and they, they receive it out of the field. So mm. it's pretty cool. Some pretty cool stuff. The other thing that we're seeing is um, there's a lot going on with materials, new materials, innovative materials, and those are actually affecting the design and how we build things. So when we do get a new job and start looking at the drawings and specifications, you know, it's not uncommon 
to say, hey, you know, on the last job when we did the uh, the foundation system, we did it this using these materials. This job is completely different. We're we're using different types of materials. So you got to be on your best behavior and, and really look and dig into things and you know make sure you get it right. So it's 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 interesting and it continues to change for sure. A lot of the the new materials are kind of built with um, energy efficiency, green building, those kinds of things in mind too, right? That's kind of become standard now. Is that correct? It is, yeah, yeah, very much so. You're listening to Business Talk, a podcast presented by Business West and sponsored by People's Bank. We're talking today with Carl Mercieri, Vice President of Maroy Construction. Speaking of materials, um, since the pandemic, I, I know um, you've been faced with a number of challenges all at once. Uh, every, everyone in the construction field um, that I talk to has been dealing with the impact of inflation and supply shortages, um, probably among other other uh, factors as well. How have you navigated those trends over the last couple of years, and, and are they subsiding at all? Um, a bit, but um, not as much as you would think. You know, we, we continue to see issues. There, there, there seems to be longer lead times on products. Um, and for an example, you know, one of the things that I've noticed personally is like on doors, windows, and door hardware, you know, a couple of years ago, I guess before COVID, you know, we could call an order in in the morning for like hollow metal door frames and have them by in the afternoon. Now we're seeing a lead time of several weeks, which is, it really impacts the schedule. So lumber, you know, for a while there, lumber was scarce. Lumber seems to have rebounded. Prices have come down somewhat, but they really didn't get back to where they were. Um, electrical gear and components is still a long reach. Um, on a recent project, we uh, we had a generator. It took over 18 months for the manufacturer to get it to us. Um, and what that really means is, you know, it uh, it keeps the project going. You can't close it out, even though it's substantially complete. You, you just can't close the job, so you have to hang on to it. Um, one of the things that we're trying to figure out or, or deal with, I guess, is going into a project, you can anticipate these delays, but you really can't put a finger on how long the delays are going to be because yeah. it really depends on the manufacturer's production line and what they're doing. And in the case with the generator, I think we were given a delivery date of, I think, in April of 2023. And then the I think a week or two before it was actually due to ship out, they pushed it to like June and they pushed it again to August. And we ended up ultimately getting it, I think, uh, just recently, uh, I think first or second week of September. So, uh, you know, you have no control over that. And it's an unfortunate situation. And, you know, we don't know where where the problem lies. We don't know if it's a matter of materials on the manufacturer's end or labor or a combination of both. But it's, uh, it's still having a pretty... Uh, pretty big impact on the construction industry for sure as i hear that i hear that everywhere and i know that um in your field actually in a lot of industries but but in, in construction i know um i've heard that workforce shortages have been another issue um how have you guys managed that and um has there has there been a challenge with workforce um for you guys yeah so unfortunately it's another issue that continues on um you know for a very long time, I mean, I think at least a year, you know, we've been advertising for help with little or no response. Some of the responses that we do get are people that, I, you know, they're not even, you want to make, you know, you ask them, are you sure you <laughs> you applied for the right job here? I mean, we're not looking for a supermarket person. We're looking for a construction worker. Yeah. So, yeah, it's tough. Um, 
But that's, you know, I got to tell you, that's been a trending issue over the years. I don't think that's anything new yeah. in this industry. No, uh, I, I think you're right. Yeah, that's what I've heard over the years as well. So one of, one of the things that we've done, and I don't know about, you know, our our other colleagues out there is um, we've we've kind of adapted. We run we run our crews a bit leaner, meaning, you know, when we set up a job, rather than having a large crew over there, we'll set up, a, you know, a, a smaller core crew at each jobs and then as a task comes up we'll move people around to the job and build up the crew get them in get them out and then move them on to another job um that's one way of, of what we've been doing um so it's yeah it's pretty interesting that said how important is it for this industry to bring in more young talent into the pipeline so it's extremely important you know and again if you see what i see meaning i go to these job sites and i see our own crew or i see our subcontractors and you know some of the people you know there's a bit of camaraderie out there and we'll joke with each other and you know some of these guys i've known for 35 years and we comment on how young we look when we look at each other but um there's a you know i'd say probably 70 percent of the guys in the workforce are probably closer to retirement age than not um, so that being said, it's extremely important that we get some of the younger people uh, in. And I think, you know, I'm not an analyst, but one of the things that I really think is going on is, you know, there's a stigma where, you know, we tell our kids, geez, you got to go to college, otherwise you're not going to be successful. Uh, you know, I, I don't agree with that. I think success is in the hands of the individual and not an institution. And the other thing that I noticed, because we do a lot of school work, we're not seeing these schools that have industrial arts programs anymore. A lot of those have been deleted because of either liability reasons or budget cuts. So I think that has an influence on the fact that we're not seeing younger people getting into the construction field. Um, there are some schools in Springfield, trade schools that are still there, and those seem to be doing pretty good and they're producing some some younger talent, but um, we're not we're not seeing them. And you know, um, I, I read an article recently where um, I think it was the 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 percentage of high school graduates in the U.S. going on to college is like sixty two percent of those folks. Um, Massachusetts being one of the higher at seventy three percent. So if you really do the math and think about that and say, okay, you got seventy three percent of the kids in Mass going on to college. A certain percentage of those are also going into the military. So, you know, if you work out the percentiles, very few are in the open market for various work industries. And of course, construction being one of them. So it's limited population. It's just, it's a numbers game. You know, going back to what you had said um, about, about college, you know, considering that, that, um, students can enter this field, you know, without the crushing debt that some college students um, are coming out of college with. Are, are there other, fa- are there other factors as well? I mean, what would you, what would you tell um, a young person considering construction as a career? I mean, what would the pitch be? Well, you know, 90% of it is showing up every day. 10% is paying attention and, you know, learning, you, you know, but literally 90% is just showing up every day and not losing hope. I mean, you'll get there someday, you know, some of the people that we get, they, they come in, they say, well, I want to be a carpenter. Okay. What do you know? Well, I don't really know anything. All right. Well, you're going to have to work a little bit in the field, maybe for a year or two, and you'll start learning little by little. And there's multiple facets in carpentry and you may be better at one or the other, you know, maybe you're good at rough carpentry. Maybe you're not as good as finished carpentry. But over time and years, you're going to be very experienced and you'll probably be 
good at both. So it does take time. Um, like myself, I mean, I, I went to college, but it was, you know, after I got into the industry and learned w- what direction I was going in. And then that's when I started taking night courses, you know, the courses were based on what I was interested in, not for any particular degree. To wrap up, kind of going back to what, um, to the top, we're talking about the year it's been, what, um, what does the year ahead look like for you guys? Well, we got we got a fair amount on the books for 2024. I mean, some of the jobs that we're doing now will run into 2024. Um, the bidding market seems very strong. So um, we're, we think we're going to do pretty good. That's all the time we have for today. Um, thank you, Carl, very much for spending a few minutes with me today. Okay, appreciate it. And thanks to all of you for tuning into Business Talk, a podcast presented by Business West and sponsored by People's Bank. I'm Joe Bednar, the editor of Business West, and we'll see you next time. 